Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to The Paddock and the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. We we had a really special group of girls where we all gelled really well together and we bonded really well. And those moments with the girls was actually what made this tour really special. The, the whole point was we, we wanted to win and we were there to be competitive, but it wasn't about putting our best team forward. It was about winning whilst giving opportunity to as many people on the team. And that's something that's quite, I think, rare and unique. Hello, everyone. You just heard from Rushi Venkatesh and Poppy McGowan, two members of the Fairbreak 11's tour of England, Scotland and the Netherlands in late August and early September 2022. Fairbreak's mission is to progress gender equality on a truly global scale using cricket as its primary vehicle. You may remember that in August, I interviewed Roberta Moretti Avery, the Brazilian captain, about the 2022 Fairbreak Invitational event. In part one of two shows, you will hear all about the tour from the players, managers and one of the hosts. While in part two, you will discover what Fairbreak means to the players, their highlights off the field and how much they are looking ahead to next year's Fairbreak Invitational competition in Hong Kong. Let's begin with one of the founders of Fairbreak, Sean Martin who is currently busy in Hong Kong working on arrangements for the 2023 Fairbreak Invitational. Thanks for joining me, Sean, in your Fairbreak hat. Always nice to have a little bit of branding associated with what we do, Stephen. That's a good reason to put you on video. Uh, as a <laughs> as one of the founders of um, Fairbreak, uh, can you let me know how that came about to start with? I can. Um, the it started way back in two thousand and oh, ten or eleven. Really, uh, it's it's a long time in the in the in the mix. When I was working with Lisa Stalaka, um, wrote her book with her, which we launched in in Mumbai in two thousand and twelve. And when she retired in two thousand and thirteen, she was the highest paid female cricketer in the world on fifteen thousand dollars a year. So Lisa and I set about establishing what was called WICL in those days, the Women's International Cricket League, with a view to having a global women's tournament to advance their their pay and also their exposure. We'd been monitoring the, the drastic improvement in the quality of play, but also the viewer numbers around the world. And, and we felt that there was an opportunity to, to do this. Um, and initially there was quite a bit of scepticism and opposition to that, being, being uh, private entities looking to do what we were trying to do. Um, and, you know, we 
we spent quite a bit of time, you know, moving between the ICC and various boards trying to get uh, someone to support what we were doing. Ultimately, that led to Lisa having to pursue a full-time commentary career. So she moved out of the business completely and I just took over. And then I um, I rebranded it to Fair Break, mainly because the, the issues that we were confronting were as much about uh, equality and opportunity as they were about cricket. And it was more the the play on the, the, the Australian notion of a fair go. Um, in other words, uh, these players needed um, greater opportunity, a greater exposure, and um, hence hence we end up with fair break. So the, the concept that we started with, or I started with way back then, you know, realised itself in Dubai in May. So, so really nothing had changed in terms of the plan. It would just took a very, very long time to get a number one, a board that would back the idea, and secondly, a sanctioning from the ICC. So was Fairbreak Invitational 2022 really liftoff for Fairbreak? It, it was. We'd, ta- we'd taken Fairbreak teams to England uh, from 2018 where we play at Wormsley. We do that every year. And, um, the, only, the only reason we stopped was because of COVID. So those teams that we were taking away, and we also had a team that played my old hometown in Barrel. Um, we created a Blackwell Mere trophy there. Um, those, those teams were really exemplars of, of the sort of teams you saw in Dubai, um, where we were, we were mixing players like Alex Blackwell, Susie Bates, Sanamir, Shamila Connell, etc., with associate nation players in exactly the same way as we did in Dubai. So we were we were uh, refining the concept, we were testing it, we were doing all of those things in the lead-up to Dubai, and the ICC sanctioning came through. Thank, thank you very much to the, the work of uh, Cricket Hong Kong and, and their, um, their vision in, in seeing the opportunity for women's cricket. We moved it to Dubai because of the 21 days quarantining uh, that was in place in, in Hong Kong at the time, and we didn't want to lose that window that we'd, we'd been given by the ICC. Um, from my perspective, it had taken you know, 10 years of work um, to get uh, that sanctioning. And I needed people to see what we were talking about. I needed them to see the diversity in the game, the breadth of the game, and also the quality of the players from quite disparate parts of the world that people had not seen before. Um, you know, you would be well aware, Stephen. There's a there's a misconception that all the best players are in you know four or five countries, um, and that's certainly not the case in women's cricket. It's it's very diverse, um, it's very disparate, and there's there's great players in you know all the countries that we had represented in Dubai. Yeah, you must have been delighted with the result. Was it 35 different countries represented at the yeah, fair break invitational? Exactly. Yeah, so I went from being a, a lunatic to a genius overnight when I took the numbers off the the playing shirts and put the player's name and their the flag of their country. Um, so everyone told me that wouldn't work until they saw it, and then everyone went, "Oh, this is pretty, it's pretty neat." Because each of the squads of fifteen had thirteen different nationalities represented across those those squads. So 
I wanted people to see that diversity in, in reality um, and I wanted them to, to, to understand who the players were and where they were from. So for a lot of people, it became a geography lesson, like what's that flag and what do they play, they play cricket in Bhutan, do they? How, how does that work? So I think that was very important and that's something that we will keep um, as our signature piece for us every time we play. The, the team that just toured uh, England, Scotland and the Netherlands had their names and flags on the back. I mean, that's something that we will, you know, will define what we do now. Yeah, I think the players uh, love that. And seeing myself at Wormsley, it really shows the, the depth of the women's game with the flags on the back of their shirts. Yeah, and I also think, um, you know, people sitting at home or young young, young female players or, or all players, you know, are looking at that and going, well, that's my, that's my player. That's my country being represented there. And and the the players loved it. They absolutely just loved the notion that they were they were representing their country in amongst a uh, a blended team. And talking about the the tour of England, Scotland, and the Netherlands in this podcast, we'll hear later from several of the players and the manager. Uh, how did you feel it went? Oh, uh, fabulously! When we tour a team. We're looking to give opportunity, again, to players that um, have had little opportunity, but it also gives us a chance to do a little bit more talent identification as well and to to see players that we've got an interest in uh, but uh, we don't know an incredible amount about them. And, and, And from that tour, we've contracted, I think, three new players already into the Hong Kong event. Um, and that's really how we, we view it. Um, it's giving them as much cricket in a condensed space of time as, as we can possibly give them and then blending them with players who have been with us for some time, like the Mariko Hills and the Stericalises and those players. So they're very much steeped in steeped as fair breakers in terms of what we do and how we do it and, and what our values are. So then those new players uh, pick up on that very quickly. Opening with Sean is the Fairbreak 11 tour manager and player, Saba Nazim, who gave her reflections on the tour, including what it was like to work with head coach Jeff Lawson, one of the leading Australian international bowlers of the 1980s, who has also coached the Pakistan cricket team. Thanks for joining me, Saba, to talk about the Fairbreak 11 tour of three countries. Thanks for having me. Well, I've got to start with how pleased were you to be appointed the manager of the Fairbreak touring party? Yeah, really pleased. I mean, I've, I've been asked to be the manager in their tour, the first ever tour to the UK in 2018, and then was asked again to do it the following year, and then was asked to do, you know, the tournament that recently happened as well in Dubai. So, yeah, really, really pleased that they, um, you know, wanted me to be manager of the of a tour again to the UK. And what was your specific role? Because although you're a qualified coach, you were the manager and Jeff Lawson, the former Australian test bowler, was the, the coach. Yeah, so um, I was appointed the manager. Um, I was also actually a player as well you know, on this tour because I think there were a few games where we needed a few extra players. So I doubled up as a as a player manager and managed to play a few games against the Holland national side towards the end as well. So, yeah, it was just uh, mainly, you know, trying to organise the team, 
team logistics and uh, helping with that side of things and then helping, you know, working alongside Jeff Lawson and, you know, picking the team um, with him and, you know, choosing the batting order and thinking, you know, where everyone's skills were best matched for in the game. Must have been great to be working with such a high-profile cricketer and coach as Jeff Lawson. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's such a down-to-earth guy and so easy to get along with. And and the players, you know, really um, asked him for, you know, his, um, uh, you know, his knowledge and his advice. And he was really easy to talk to. And yeah, just a, just a really great guy to work with. I guess you must have known him a little bit because he was doing some commentary work for the Fairbreak Invitational in Dubai. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we got to catch up a little bit um, in Dubai as well. I had a few like phone calls before as well when Fabric was, you know, just getting off the ground. So yeah, it's a fantastic team, and yeah, he's one of the one of the best coaches going. And can you let listeners know a bit of a, about the makeup of the Fairbreak Eleven on the tour? Yeah, so on this tour we had, I think. Um, players from so many uh, different nationalities we had a few players from Hong Kong uh, we had a few England players uh, a player from France which is I think the first for fair break getting a player from France a player from Brazil the Brazil national captain Roberta um, and yeah we had uh, I think what other national Sweden we had Gunjan Shukla from Sweden so yeah just a very nice mix of players from uh, associate nations and actual international nations as well yeah, this podcast, the listeners will know Roberta well. I've spoken to her several times. She's the, the captain of Brazil. And uh, Poppy's going to feature later. Poppy McGowan is going to feature later on this podcast. Uh, when did you meet up for the tour? I know the first game was on the 18th of August. Yeah, so I think a day before we all met up at the hotel. So we all arrived at various times in the evening and the afternoon. Uh, a day before and then I think a few of them travelled down um, from the airport in uh, from the airport in Heathrow so they travelled because uh, they arrived some of the international players arrived there and then travelled down and then the, thing, the first game we had was in Arundel so yeah with the first uh, meeting with all the players uh, well most of the players our squad you know uh, chopped and changed so much that we we had almost I think 20 players on this tour you know various legs of the tour so yeah we met up the night before and then you got to know all the players some of them obviously I knew already from meeting them in the teams in Dubai in the f- first Fairbreak Invitational Tournament so yeah it was nice to meet up with them again and also meet the new players too. And results wise uh, in on the England leg of the tour you won two and lost three in Scotland it was a a one-all draw, and then in in the Netherlands, you you won all three of the matches. Uh, what were your thoughts on the the results and the performances of the players? Yeah, I think it was is really fantastic to see um, all the players. Um, I think we we was kind of hard at that start to you know find out what players suited what roles and you know where best to bat everyone. So the batting order, I think you'll see from the score sheets, was changing all the time. But I think we finally got it right, probably towards the end of the tour, which is reflected in the results. And also the players' confidence grew as well as the time went on. So, yeah, we had some really good, you know, batting performances from a few of the uh, new players that had, you know, just represented Fabric for the first time. A really good, you know, uh, bowling performances. And then the team, I think, as a whole, just gelled really well together on the tour. So it was, it was just a very nice atmosphere, a very enjoyable atmosphere to be a part of throughout. And you played at some fabulous grounds. I, I went along to the second, get, second day at Wormsley, um, and it's like playing at heaven, really. There, yeah, I think they they play. They really like that ground as fair break. So, um, in the eighteen and nineteen tours, that was where we actually played our first uh, games. 
for the for the UK uh, players. So yeah, that that it's just heavenly. That ground is just amazing. You could just be mesmerized by its surroundings and fantastic to play on as well. I'm sure it was for the players. And you you mentioned earlier you played at Arundel Castle's ground as well. Yeah, definitely. I've actually played there a little bit in a six-a-side tournament with my club team. So I knew it was really good, but I hadn't been there for like a few years. But yeah, the players really, really enjoyed it. Nice scenery, nice environment, great ground and some great matches played there as well. How did you find the opposition in the three legs of the tour? Um, I think the opposition uh, at Arundel was probably our toughest. I think it was the uh, Southern Vipers, uh, you know, academy side, which are, you know, probably one of the best uh, in England. I mean, the Vipers are, you know, a very successful women's team here and then their academy is equally as strong. So, yeah, I think it, it got better as we as we got along and playing the national side was definitely a highlight for the girls, um, uh, especially myself as well, who actually got to play in, in uh, two games against the Holland, the Dutch national side as well. But, yeah, I think the, the as we went along, the, the matches were evenly, um, you know, matched. Uh, we played against Essex County as well, which was uh, quite a good win for us. And then obviously playing against Scotland, it was a 1-1 draw. One of the games was washed out. And then when we went to Holland, we managed to beat them 3-0. So, yeah, I think that the positions were good. They were tough games. Not not all the games were really easy to win. So they required a bit of, you know, of course, some effort from all the players. But then we got through in the end. Must have been very satisfying then to beat uh, almost the Netherlands national side. Yeah, definitely. I think that when we won the first one, we couldn't like believe it. And then we thought, okay, we can try and win the second one. And then the girls were like, why not just go for the whitewash and, you know, let's win the third one as well, which we did. So, yeah, it was fantastic. And the atmosphere amongst the the squad uh, on tour, did everyone get on well? Yeah, I think everyone, I think I've been on so many tours myself, uh, you know, the different cricket teams that I'm a part of. But this one, you know, getting people from different nationalities, like everyone is from different countries, from, you know, have different journeys. It was just really nice to get to know everybody and, you know, enjoy their stories and, you know, their backgrounds of how they got to where they are, you know, captains of national teams and uh, or some teams still struggling to, you know, even provide, you know, grass wickets, you know, from some of the associate nation players, you know, hearing their struggles and how the, you know, cricket is like a vehicle to drive change in their countries and their communities. So, yeah, I think uh, enjoyable atmosphere. I'm not sure if you saw a couple of those uh, viral uh, TikTok videos that one of the players made as well. So, yeah, it was, it was really good, really nice. We didn't really want it to end. Yeah, there's some great stuff on the Fairbreak Instagram page uh, of what went on on the tour. Yeah, definitely. You know, it was a great, great bunch of girls to be uh, to manage and be a part of and play with them as well. It's fantastic. And how important do you think tours like this are for women's cricket, especially the, for the developing nations? Yeah, I think it's absolutely uh, vital that, you know, they get to play on uh, pitches like the ones we have in England and, you know, just just playing at even a club ground for them. It feels like playing an, like an international match for them because on their grounds they don't even have, you know, they have to use the coconut mat. Some of the players were telling me to even play and they're not allowed to wear spikes because obviously they'll get stuck in the mat. So even just playing at, like, say, the Essex County ground, they were like, wow, this is amazing. You guys get to play on this, like, every week in our league game. So they were just, you know, mesmerised by it. But, yeah, I think these kind of, uh, especially what Fairbreak is doing, you know, getting players from associate nations recognised on the world uh, scale as well, on the world stage for them to show their abilities and, and players that even even England players, like players that are playing for their clubs and their counties, 
it was the chance for them to play against internationals of other countries and, you know, share and pass on the knowledge. So, yeah, I think what the work that Fairbrick is doing is is absolutely vital in women's cricket and is definitely, you know, driving change amongst women's cricket. I love the, uh, the, the flags on the back of the shirts. I think that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, I think that's one of its kind. And uh, I think Sean uh, must be applauded for that idea. I think everyone talks about that everywhere they go. But let's hear from four fair breakers, Mariko Hill and Rushi Venkatesh from Hong Kong, England's Ariana Douse, and the first French player to represent fair break, Poppy McGowan. Mariko, what are your thoughts on the fair break 11 tour? Obviously, uh, this is my third or fourth tour now with fair break. And every year it's always something different and something better. And, it really just offers a great opportunity for anyone, whether it's a county girl to um, an international player or associate player, uh, to play amongst each other. And it, it was a very insightful um, two weeks where we challenge ourselves from playing county teams, regional teams and international teams. So, yeah, it was a great experience. And how did you, as one of the captains of the Fairbreak Eleven, enjoy Enjoy that role with Roberta Moretti Avery, uh, the Brazilian captain who captained some of the other games. Yeah, uh, I mean, captaining isn't something that's far beyond what I have been doing. So in 2019 or 2017, I captained Hong Kong for two, three years. Um, so I did have that experience and all the other fair break invitational exercise I've, I've always captained too, alongside Sana Mir and Alex Blackwell. So um, I think with, with the different people that attended this particular one. Um, it, it was, of course, a challenge, as it always is, but um, a learning curve too. Yeah, how do you deal with all the different nationalities you got in a, in a team? To be honest, I mean, I'm from Hong Kong and it's a very multicultural city. So talking to different cultures and learning about it is never a challenge for me because it's something that excites me and it's something that I'm very passionate about. And I always talk about looking at the game or life in a holistic perspective and not to be so cringe, but, um, you know, trying to understand how every player operates and how they started playing cricket in their own country is a different story in itself. So that was just, I think, the the melting pot of what gelled and bonded um, all of us together since on day one. Um, And then after day 14, we're almost best friends leaving. And what's it like working with, um, you know, ex-Australian uh, test player and, and coach Jeff Lawson? I mean, it speaks for itself, doesn't it? And beyond the, the accolades that he has, he's just a great human. You kind of look at him as a human being and he genuinely has so much knowledge of the game and you can ask him anything and he really understands. And particularly from my perspective, I'm a bowler as well and I think some of the challenges that I've gone through, um, I kind of spoke to him openly about it and he he helped me. So, um, yeah, I can't speak more more than enough for, for Jeff Lawson. So, Ruchi, what are your thoughts on the Fair Break Tour? The, our recent Fair Break Tour in UK was like an amazing experience. I'm so grateful to have been given the opportunity and to um, to have been part of it. Like we were lucky to play some really competitive games against some high quality teams. Uh, we either played against UK state or regional players and even international teams. And 
we managed to win most of the games on tour. But more than that, I really enjoyed meeting the girls. We we had a really special group of girls where we all gelled really well together and we bonded really well. And those moments with the girls was actually what made this tour really special. So what was your personal highlight of the tour playing wise? On the field, my highlight was playing against the Scotland national team and winning because they're such a good team. They're an ODI nation and even getting the opportunity to play against them was a big deal because as an international team in Hong Kong, we have yet to play against an ODI nation like them. So I felt very privileged to play against them as part of Fairbreak with the Hong Kong flag on my back. So everyone knew that I was representing Hong Kong and to get that win was really special. I just, I was so happy bowling against them. I loved, I loved the competition. I loved the battle. Ariana, what are your thoughts on the Fairbreak 11 tour? It was amazing to be honest. Like it was so amazing to bring so many girls from all over the place. Like we had Roberta from Brazil and Gunjan from Sweden. And it was just amazing to bring so many people and such diverse people together through cricket though that was the exceptional bit about it and we all just bonded really well and shared our experiences on and off the cricket pitch it was really really fun and personally you were the player of the tour <laughs> yes I was that was <laughs> quite a shock in the end <laughs> but it was something that I was really really proud of myself for achieving and I couldn't have done it without being surrounded by such positive and amazing people to be quite frank so I was lucky to be at Wormsley on the second day, on the Sunday, when you scored the first 50 of the tour. Yes. Um, playing at Wormsley, it was so such a lovely pitch and so beautiful as well. And it, I think by that point, I think we were just getting together as a team kind of thing. And I felt really supported and we'd been chatting about our games and learning from everyone. And I really felt like that was the day kind of thing. And luckily enough, it was. And I managed to score the first 50 on the tour. and. I can only say thanks to all the team, really, for helping me get that. So, yeah. Yeah, you got to play at some fabulous grounds, didn't you? Yeah, it was, there were so many amazing grounds and, like, some that women haven't even played on. So the Grange in Scotland, that was, I think, the first time the Scottish women's national team have played there. But it was amazing to play there. Like, you could see the castle in the background and the umpire was telling me how he umpired a test match for England and Scotland and all this kind of stuff. And it was just really like you could feel that it was like this is the first time kind of thing and not the last time the I think the Scottish team went to play Ireland there afterwards which was really really good. Poppy what are your thoughts on the Fairbreak 11 tour? Um, Thoughts that's a really easy but big question. Um, My first thoughts are that it was absolutely awesome for people from countries like me from France to be able to be part of something that's super international um, and play cricket against some amazing teams on some amazing grounds and benefit from the coaching. But I think most of all, just being alongside other women who are playing at, you know, a really good level and are really supportive and were just exceptional at making you feel uh, included and the whole point was we we wanted to win and we were there to be competitive, but it wasn't about putting our best team forward. It was about winning whilst giving opportunity to as many people on the team. And that's something that's quite, I think, rare and unique 
and it's hard to explain to people if you don't have it already in the team. And it just seemed to happen naturally at Fairbreak, and it was just yeah a really amazing opportunity. And you became the first French player to play for Fairbreak. Yes, that was a big deal. Um, I was the first French player to get offered a, a place at Fairbreak and on tour. Um, so yeah, I, I brought the French flag with me on my back, and it was a, a really it was a privilege to be able to represent my country in a different way than playing for the national team. Um, and I think it gave lots of girls in France something to to look to, not as if not as in look up to, but to think, okay, yeah, we we can we're in France and we're a small team, but we can aspire to play in these bigger tournaments and be invited to these bigger tournaments. And I think that's that's making a difference in France, hopefully. And playing wise, how did you go yourself? Um, playing wise, it was a little bit um, initially uncertain for me because we don't get that much cricket in France. We try very hard to get as much as we can, but the reality is that we're a, a smaller associate nation. And I hadn't played a proper game for quite a while. I've been training all summer, um, but obviously I didn't really know how I was going to shape up compared to the likes of the other girls on the team. Um, so the focus was just to do my best. In the French team, I'm more of a batter than a bowler, but at Fairbreak, I was given more opportunity to bowl than to bat. And that was really good for me. I bowled, but for my standards, I bowled pretty well. Not much extras, got a few good wickets uh, and fielded quite well too. So, um, I mean, it was just, I was happy to be 12th man. It didn't happen, but if I was to be 12th man at every game, I would have been chuffed anyway. It was just amazing to be there and be around the girls and see how they went about their game went about the tactics, went about warming up. They were very professional and that was just in itself just amazing. And you got to play at some fantastic grounds, including the Grange in Scotland, where you said some of your family there to watch you. Yeah, so my dad's Scottish uh, and most of, nearly all my family from my dad's side is in Scotland. So they um, were very happy to come to the ground and uh, sit at Square Lake and try to lovingly of course uh, embarrassed me as much as possible um at, at one point the captain sent me to square leg and I was like oh really and she's like yeah yeah square leg and I was like um on the on the boundary like yep yeah, on the boundary off you go so I was like right next to them so that made them very happy made me a bit embarrassed but uh, yeah my grandparents were really happy to see me play um despite having the French flag on my back not the Scottish flag not sure who they were supporting in the end but uh, no, it was, it was awesome to play at the Grange. It's a stunning ground. We don't have anything like it in France. Um, so that was a one, one game got rained off, but we got to play two really good games with some really good cricket. And that was really exceptional too. And I got to speak to Sue Strachan from the Scottish Cricket Board about the games at the Grange. What did it mean to host a fair break touring 11 in Scotland? Well, it was very special. Um, so Fairbreak Touring 11 have never played a national team. And um, obviously I've been involved with Fairbreak and have managed one of the teams in their invitational tournament in 2022. But the ethos of Fairbreak is one that chimes with those of us involved in women's cricket um, around the world, but probably particularly in the smaller nations, because the ethos is all about opportunity. So I felt that if we could give the Fairbreak Global 11 an opportunity to play us, then it also gave our cricketers an opportunity to um, be seen by Fairbreak. 
uh, as they go about their business of, of playing cricket for Scotland, um, but also uh, to learn a little bit more about uh, the ethos of Fairbreak and, and the opportunities it might be able to bring them in the future. And they got to play at the Grange and 1-1 uh, was the, the score of the three games because one of them was abandoned. Sadly, the weather in Scotland in late August can either just be fabulous or can be pretty miserable in Drizzly. And it was pretty miserable in Drizzly. But the Grange is such a fabulous, iconic ground. And in fact, some of the Scotland women's team had never played at the Grange before, despite it being given the name possibly more by Grange members than by anyone else of of the home of Scottish cricket. Um, the Scotland women's team had not played at the Grange before, so it gave them the opportunity also to play on on the same deck as the men's national team would play. And it's a lovely ground. Um, It's right in the centre of Edinburgh. And so it was exciting for them for that reason too. That's all for part one. In part two, coming soon, you will hear what fair break means to the players and how much they are looking forward to the 2023 Fairbreak Invitational event. Thank you for listening to The Paddock and the Pavilion. You can download the show on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at The Pad and Pav. Don't forget, if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review. Sports Social Podcast Network.